guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Saved Show. Today I've got a guest with me, Cole, from the Christus Rex page on Instagram. Uh, I've been working with him on some things we've recorded in the past. This is a part two. Uh, we're both in the military. I wanted to get some of his experience being in the military nowadays versus my time in the Marine Corps a few years ago. Before we jump in, I wanted to say thank you to all your, all of those supporters out there. Uh, the Saved.Store, everybody's picking up merch, and I greatly appreciate that. This is the new one. God wins always. Um, got another new shirt out there that uh, you know I personally like. It's the Saved show with some roses. It says God wins, kind of the mission here. Um, there is the new podcast ad, which I'm very gracious that I was given that opportunity Um this, this project is going well, and I appreciate everyone who supports us. Um, it's meant to be a funnel for my creative energy, uh, meant to be sort of a, a blog, something to hold me accountable in my faith and my fitness. Um, and I'm just praying that God continues to use it to help others um, if he's doing so now. So with that, I'd like to get into the episode with Cole. The United States military provides a good example of how conservatives are duped into fighting for causes that harm them. The military is full of patriotic young Americans, largely from the American South, the sort of people whose grandfathers fought in World War II, whose fathers or uncles served and who felt the duty to fight for their country. The impulse to serve is itself commendable, deserving of great praise. But this love of country was exploited, and young men were sent across the world to fight for, quote, freedom in places that have never heard of John Locke or James Madison and didn't care, quote, make the world safe for democracy, they told us. We then see the rainbow flag in Kabul and NGOs advancing for transgender rights and gender studies programs. That's, quote, democracy, and we are here to kill and die for it. Get blown up in the name of liberal imperialism. Shed blood to open the markets for Netflix. Uh, make the world safe for dudes in dresses. And with that, welcome back to the Save Show, Mr. Cole Billiot. How are you? Oh man, brother! If I had a tail, I'd wag it. I'm doing just fine and dandy. <laughs> well, you could bring that puppy back out. <laughs> yeah, he's asking for. It. I can hear him in the kitchen now. Yeah, I was trying to take a nap earlier, actually, with my toddler because we both have a cold, and I heard my dog just barking in the basement. So I was like, "All right, well, this isn't going to work out for Dad." Just a toddler nap <laughs> instead. Hopefully for the baby, though. Yeah, yeah, he slept great. You know, everybody's going to recover. Um, very thankful to uh, not be too faced by colds, you know, in this day and age. So praise God for that. I was about to say, be careful. You might want to keep it to yourself and not see anyone for six months, you know. <laughs> I'll just stay in my house for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I again, brother, I appreciate the opportunity. Last time I was on, uh, I might have scared quite a few of your listeners by talking about Calvinism and, you know, all kinds of crazy things. But this one might be far more interesting to a lot of people. So <laughs> I thought it was very edifying, you know. I'm trying to take my own path and, and do a lot of learning for myself of, of different aspects to theology and different belief systems. So I, I, if nothing else, you know, this show can be like Joe Rogan's show where I just get to sit down with people I want to speak with and learn from. Um, and then whoever gets something out of it, they get something out of it. Amen, brother. I highly commend that. And, and of course I've had a good time and I hope you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you've had a good enough time. We're both uh, supporting the show. That's uh, right. You're out you there. Won. You're out there I thought it was funny because, yeah, we were just talking a second ago how when I first came on my Instagram page I had a different name, 
Um, now we're, you know, at rex.christus, uh, Christus Rex. Um, and I remember telling you like, that was like, I had that in mind. You're like, actually, that's crazy. I'm going to do shirts. So I was yeah. like, oh, this is perfect. Like I have out. to get one now. So <laughs> you got me, you got me. Yeah. Thanks for the support. And, uh, that was January's drop. And then whoever's listening, this is, uh, the current, uh, stuff that's out there. God wins always. Um, there's some other stuff, uh, some other stuff planned as well. So a little teaser there. Um, but Cole, how have things been? I think we spoke in December. Uh, how's the mission going and, and what's new in your life? Oh, yeah, man, I'll tell you, it's been a crazy couple of weeks and months. Um, wife and I getting stationed down here in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, let the record, let, we're going to need maybe a couple more of these throughout the course of the show, but let the record reflect my opinions do not reflect that of the Department of Defense <laughs> or the United States Navy. Let's go ahead and kick that down the road. Uh, as we pursue today's topic. Uh, but the Lord's blessed us since we've been down here. Uh, he gave us a wonderful home, uh, a brand new puppy. Um, and it's been a learning curve. It's been like doing life all at once. Uh, and at, at our age, it's just like, wow, there's a lot of new things to learn and, and, and get caught up really quick. But uh, on the, the church side of things, we've, we've uh, felt convicted to plant a church for the CREC down in here. Um, so if anyone listening is from the Jacksonville area would be interested, please reach out. Um, and we've seen a lot of encouragement uh, in that regard with folks who want to see us succeed and want to see us uh, bring a communion together down here. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I think I shared your link in the past, but we'll continue to do so as you guys try to grow that that church. That's awesome. Appreciate that, brother. But how about you guys? I know that you're fighting a cold, but. Yeah, that's that's easy stuff. Uh, everything <laughs> is good here. Yeah, right um just the the last little bit of winter trying to take us out you know get a little bit of a cold and then uh it was 70 in the 70s here yesterday and now it's back you know snow on the on the ground and heavy winds and we actually had some tornadoes in Iowa yesterday oh, shoot. <clears throat> and I know that there's some in uh in Mississippi I think as well so mm. and for everybody out there to stay safe and, and hopefully hopefully everybody's doing okay yeah, man. I mean, that's so I grew up in Louisiana and that would, but in the Northern section. And so people would have a hard time when I tell them that I grew up seeing tornadoes. Like, no, you, got, you grew up seeing hurricanes. Like we saw those too, but when the top part of our state is still in kind of hurricane alley or uh, tornado alley. So yeah. Uh, man, yeah, prayers out to all the folks affected on that one. But other than that, no, the house is still standing. Babies are fed. Um, Amen. You know, my, my wife and I still like each other. So everything. <laughs> Hey, hallelujah, this day and age. Uh, yeah, I think we're actually going to break, um, we're going to break through the the divorce rate, I think. We're going to hit seven years married in May, so. Yes, sir. It's in huge. the final stretch. Hey, that's a good, hey, seven's a good number. It's a yeah. really good number. Yeah, I got to get her something that's, uh, what did I read? I think it's bronze or copper, so, some sort of gift based on the, the liturgical yeah, calendar say, of the world. <laughs> yeah, let's say I, I've, I've heard of those things. I need to get caught up. We're uh, we're actually about to hit our first year married here pretty soon right. too. So I got to, I got to get creative now, <laughs> be, be, you know, be planning now, preparing now. Right. Yep. Yeah. I'm already, I'm trying to be more forward thinking just in life in general, but I'm thinking like 10 year anniversary is a fun trip or a big surprise party or something. Um, but I guess yeah. if my wife listens to this, it's not a surprise. <laughs> I got three years. I got three <laughs> just, years. Just drop around. little hints throughout each episode and you'll get her and other people like <laughs> that she's going to coordinate with like, oh, what is he trying to, what are the Easter eggs? I need you to right. listen. So it could be, it could be good for the show. Could be, get some interest for sure. Yeah. Um, but like you said, little disclaimer, um, my, I'm not in the military anymore. 
Cole still is. So anything that he does say is his opinion and not the Department of Defense or the United States Navy. Um, it was actually on a, another show who's an, with an army doctor and he had the same exact thing. You know, he brought it up several times, but um, I wanted to have you on here today. My experience of the military was vastly different than yours, I'm assuming, because it's been a few years. Um, and, and in that time, since I've been out, I've read a book, um, Irresistible Revolution, I believe it's called. Uh, this gentleman wrote a book based on his own uh, experience in the military and needing to to leave his position uh, based on his experience. Um, and so I'm assuming your experience is a lot uh, like his in that book. Um, and I think the word that we're going to use is woke. Um, and I just wanted to have you on and kind of learn from you about what's going on. You know, military readiness is important. Um, having masculine men uh, and, and certainly fighting women in the military is an important thing. And I'm not quite sure that we're there. Uh, so I wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah, man, it's going to be fun to discuss the kind of intimidating or heavy quote uh, in the intro was from Stephen Wolf's uh, The Case for Christian Nationalism. Uh, Wolf was a West Point graduate and an army officer and uh, was in the army during the, the, you know, the tail end of the global war on terror. And uh, we'll probably pull a couple more quotes out of there throughout the duration of the show. But I thought he uh, accurately, uh, efficiently and effectively communicated kind of the reality of the military right now that a lot of Americans in general don't know about, uh, but particularly Christians and Christians ought to be concerned with the policies and posturing um, that our armed services are um, experiencing and getting ready for to these ideologies that are, uh, number one, unbiblical, and two, not good for our country. We could see that um, with respect to our own history, as well as comparing the history of other empires of when these things happen, there are, in fact, consequences. So looking forward to unpack that a little bit. But uh, you know, maybe you could share your, some of your experiences and observations first about uh, kind of how these things develop, because I think if, if the timings worked out right, I think you probably would have gotten out right when I got in. I think. Yeah, I think so. We talked about that. I think 2017 in the summer is when I got out. So I assume. Yeah, yeah I got in the summer of 2018. So yeah. it's, yeah, <laughs> good ro rotating door. Right. Yeah, from uh, my military experience, I was in the Marine Corps uh, five years, like, you know, did a deployment to Iraq. Um, but in that time, it was mostly uh, outside of the fleet where I would say I even recognized anything that could be considered uh, woke or, or, you know, leftist, if you want to call it that. Um, sitting in, in training schools, there would be the sapper training, you know, sexual assault prevention, um, which is all, you know, very important. It's just that would be what I would color as, as sort of the left wing kind of ide ideology coming yeah. in. Um, yeah, it's, it's how they that's how they subliminally sneak those ideologies and we can certainly unpack that more too sure yeah um i would say yeah otherwise i was kind of you know oblivious to it i did my job we everybody had a good day and, and we got out of there um i didn't see anybody with crazy haircuts or you know colored hair <laughs> we didn't have to worry about any of that oh boy. stuff yeah i would assume you'd see that now oh yeah go to any air force base <laughs> and they, especially the my brother's in the air force and uh, he'll tell you right up yeah it's it's something else right now. Yikes. Well, I think it must have been in that in that year change, uh, 2017 to 2018, for your experience, and maybe even more so being at the Naval Academy, more of a, a collegiate experience. Um, yeah. Something something changed, and and I I, I know Absolutely. it probably won't be 
accurately diagnosed or we might not have a solution here today, just the two of us, um, but maybe you could help us walk through what your experience has been and what you've observed. Of course. And, and I think, again, for the church, the church needs to be aware of these developments um, so that we we look correctly at the military, what the government's been doing. Otherwise, we will either be misled, uh, misguided or taken advantage of. Um, so, yeah, as, as you said, and as we talked about in the first time we did an episode together, I went to the United States Naval Academy um, at a very interesting time. Uh, summer checked in the summer of 2018. And I'm actually right now, um, I have an initial commitment of five years active, two years reserve. Uh, slowly through my time, I want to basically write down memoirs of those experiences that I think the American taxpayer needs to be aware of. Can't publish it yet for obvious reasons, but I hope to publish it um, by the by the end of my time. So let me, I, I'm not going to get into all the details of what that was like, but I do want to keep you on the hook with one crazy story sure. that I don't know how I don't know how it didn't make national news. It certainly deserved to, uh, but it was in one up. And I know a lot of uh, Christians are like, ooh, there's a cover-up, there's a conspiracy. I want to hear about that. Um, but but truthfully, it was, and I think it reflects um, kind of the spiritual state of the in general, but particularly the service academies, because the service academies are often treated like the think tanks or the uh, experimental as where policies are put in place. They observe it and then go, oh, we're going to do this, uh, you know, for the, you know, in the fleet, or we're going to do this in the Air Force and the Army. So the story goes, this was my sophomore year. Uh, it began, the issue began my sophomore year. This would have been 2019, 2020. And uh, essentially, the United States Naval Academy and the service academies, they're, they're the military's colleges, right? So people forget that they're, they're, they're supposed to be like normal colleges. It just so happens you wear a uniform every day and you're getting military training as well as your, sure. your majors courses, right? Um, and just like any other colleges, they have clubs, all kinds of clubs, religious clubs, you know, hobby clubs, you name it, uh, you know, weightlifting clubs, you name it. And uh, we get emails periodically about like, hey, sign up for this one. Here's, here's one that's available. And that particular spring, we get an email from the, the chaplain center that says, hey, there is a brand new satanic temple club uh, that anyone is invited to join. And naturally people are like, what? <laughs> whoa, whoa, what, do you, what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Um, and not only was there a, a clarification, there was a doubling down of the, the enlisted representative who was sponsoring that particular organization said, no, here's what it is. And he said, like, it really is like, uh, you know, it would be a chapter of the satanic temple and he goes through what it is, what it isn't. And uh, the, there was two problems with this. One, they did not go through, as, as you can testify how important this is, the chain of command to release that information. So it was delivered improperly. And the second thing was, um, it wasn't approved. And naturally, anything with the title of Satan could you know, bring up some concerns. Sure. So very, very swiftly, the 06 command chaplain uh, steps in. He says, this thing's not going to happen. Every, every, everyone's told basically like, hey, don't worry about it. Don't talk about it, right? Sure. Skip forward to the fall. Uh, now, again, a new round of new clubs is coming out. And people get a strange email from a club that has a ridiculously long name. It was like the, the Naval Academy Thinkers, Atheists, and Secularists Club. And gotcha. people are like, man, that's a, that's a really, really long name. Like, what's that about? And everyone was kind of talking about it. we couldn't really figure it out until someone noticed that the same leadership rep 
representation from the satanic club was sponsoring it. And then we realized it, wait a minute, secularists, uh, atheists, thinkers, it was Satan spelled backwards. Ah, okay. So, so it was, that's how aggressive the agenda was. And the whole time we're thinking, how is this not getting leaked? Like the American taxpayer needs to know that like you are paying for this institution and all these other crazy things that happen, but particularly something as culturally controversial as quote unquote, a satanic temple club, club mm -hmm. let alone all the other things that we're going to continue to talk about, like the, the sexuality agendas that were perfect, that were um, communicated or the racial uh, agendas that were communicated on top of all that here you have this issue that would uh, oh if, if fox or cnn could have got their hands on that they would have made they would have sold you know they would have made so much money go for the click through rate for sure ex exactly but it was covered up it was dismissed and i don't even know what eventually happened with it but it was something that i'm like i'm never going to forget that so i saved all the emails um and all the evidence and eventually i want to publish it but it was that to me said a lot about um again, the spiritual state of, of a federal institution. And then people's reactions was interesting because Christians were either apathetic or we just, we felt entirely unequipped. Like I remember going to Bible studies and people were like, oh, well, we can, this was the common evangelical thing. Again, the, the, the myth of tolerance was well, we can go with like pizzas and like we can attend their services and like, you know, we'll, we'll bring them out. No, <laughs> their explicit mission is anti-gospel, anti-Christian. Yeah. We're not going to win them with pizza. Like it's not. Um, and so it was, it was a really, it was a big learning experience for me of like, wow, the church is unprepared for not just these, these cases in isolation, but again, the military is a trusted institution of like, people really have no idea what's going on. So I hope that was a nice little intro story. Of the that was work good. Through. <laughs> yeah, that's not something that I would even think of. Um, I, I thought it would be more like re required training that you've had to do once you hit the fleet or or other things. And maybe there are things like that. But hearing about different clubs on, um, you know, certainly future leaders in the military, their collegiate experience, having that kind of stuff involved is mind blowing. Yeah, I mean, again, there's there's so many stories from my time there. Uh, but but I wanted to get that out there because I think you're right. I, I I think people would expect by this point to get you know you're getting a training on putting your pronouns in emails and yeah. stuff like that. And 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 no, like we had those as well. But I wanted to at least give one story, and there's there's more that I want to tell over time yeah. that like shows you no 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 it's even more than that and it's a step further. But um, coming into the fleet, uh, you're exactly right. There's it. it if you if you think there's not an agenda being pushed, like you just don't have your eyes open, um, and particularly as Christians, it's an environment in which um, it's weird. We're the ones who are closeted now. <laughs> you know, there's so much controversy with the military for so long over the quote unquote "don't ask, don't tell" policy yep. um, with regards to homosexuals in the in the military. Now that is the Christian position. If, if you make it known that you are a Christian. Um, it, it does not go well for you socially, uh, positionally, and you're encouraged not to because, oh, well, it's going to affect your relation to your superiors and inferiors. Mm -hmm. um, and really, you you have to almost speak a second language to figure out who the other Christians are in your command. So like for me, I've noticed like if someone uses the word grace a lot and they don't cuss, they're probably a Christian yeah. and I want to go hang out with them. But that's some people, unfortunately, some Christians would see no problem with that. But that's what losing looks like. <laughs> that is what that's what like soon to come persecution looks like. And we need to wake up, pay attention and look around. Right. Um, so, What's well, interesting. Uh, yeah. Sorry. It's uh, it's interesting that you say that, because I think 50 years ago, 
um roundabouts if if someone used words like grace and didn't cuss that could have just been a normal american citizen yeah, you know? yeah exactly and, and now it's like a secret language that that you're talking about uh, how you know who's who's out there who thinks along the same lines um is that in the fleet that, that you're yeah. seeing that kind of stuff going on absolutely and and it's even i would say in some degrees it's worse in the fleet than it was um while i was at the academy because the, again the academy is a quote-unquote college right so the, yeah. in one sense they want to favor to your quote unquote interests, like not your, you know, eternal identity, right? But that's your interest. But uh, one one thing that has continuity that was horrible there and is horrible now is, again, we live in a quote unquote pluralistic society, um, which is really just synonymous with uh, political polytheism, right? Everyone gets their own little pet gods and they all have to be at the table. And the military as an institution has to foster that environment, right? So now in the Navy, chaplains are going to be on every ship just about uh this is largely in part to combat the suicide issue because yeah. believe it or not when we have a society that abandons god and truth beauty and goodness we we just want death right so anyway so they're putting them everywhere but then the question is what is the quality of said chaplains right that they're putting all over the place so for example on my wife's ship uh she's got a mormon chaplain on my ship, I've got a Unitarian Universalist. So right off the bat, you've got two guys who deny the Trinity. They deny the same Jesus that we worship, right? Um, and that's only just a microcosm of what the rest of the fleet probably looks like. Yep. So then the question becomes like, what, quote unquote, if, if chaplains are the only, quote unquote, spiritual exposure that sailors, airmen, soldiers are seeing, what version of God <laughs> are they being like made exposed to? And I promise you, it's not the biblical christ not the right one yeah yeah i'm just looking at the unitarian principles um and this might upset some people but i see uh as reverend barbara wells explains and that that's your first key indicator ding 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 so yeah. that might piss some people off but that i mean that's okay um yeah. that happens uh well i i just don't understand I guess maybe it's my own ignorance. When I was in, chaplain came in and, and you know said, "In Jesus' name, Amen." And uh, no you know, way, just, they said that. Yeah, when they give that inv invocation, you know, they prayed. No it way! Was, it was, wow. Uh, at least that's my recollection. You know, memories yeah. can sometimes be a little murky, but um, that's yeah, wild. Do the invocation, and you know, and in Jesus' name, Amen was the was the closer. So wow. Right See, let me. Yeah, well, again, think of the timelines. So you get out 2017, I get in 2018. One one prevailing problem that I that I've I've already written on and like I said, hope to publish was for four years we witnessed a very interesting again uh, revolving door of what what what's the military going to do about chaplains in this hyper polarized political environment, right? And so the the Naval Academy as well as other federal uh, or excuse me military institutions are some of the only federal ones that that still engage in prayer of some variety right yeah. um so at the academy every single day there's noon meal prayer when everyone gets together to eat for lunch they'll pray but they specifically like they cannot like chaplains are told you are not allowed to to pray in christ's name that's not conjecture on my part that is me talking with other chaplains and so it's weird because particularly during covid uh when the school was under lockdown obviously morale is really low these prayers became basically like either ted talks or comedy hour we had one chaplain that was called quote unquote the rapping chaplain that his prayers were just 
poems about what was going on and that was a prayer or some would tell jokes or the ones who would actually pray it was weird they would just start a sentence they would they would attribute no titles uh no identifiers as to what they are praying to um and it wasn't until like a year after that so now this is three years in i for the first time heard a chaplain specifically say like almighty god we come to you and it's like whoa well you're different but again uh I even had a friend whose mentor was a former chaplain who had been removed from the academy's uh, program because he specifically prayed in Jesus name. So like, <laughs> like it's, it's, uh, it's anytime that there are firm stances like that, again, it's not an accident, like yeah. posturing is intentional. And in your postured against Christ, like there are consequences that we're experiencing. Now. Interesting. That's just mind blowing to me. I, I don't know. If it, like I said, my own ignorance, but when, when somebody says I'm a chaplain, the only thing that I think of is having the Christian faith. Um, so I guess in the future, I'll look forward to having invocations to Satan, you know, to. Yeah. I mean, Allah, it's crazy. To... Yeah. Well, here's the thing is it made, what was interesting was the lack of reverence in these quote unquote prayers was so bad that you had devout Jews, is uh, Muslims and Christians who were like, just don't do it. Yeah. Because because you are slandering our beliefs by doing that. And then there was, you know, evangelicals were like, yeah, but it's like kind of evangelistic. It's like they're not even praying. They're telling jokes like there, no one. There is no atheist that's going to be stirred by our knock knock jokes that we call prayers right. as they're waiting to eat their food for the 30 yeah. second period. Right. Yep. Um, so that was an interesting development. But uh, what have you. So the book that you had referenced in the beginning. Yeah. What were some of the the wave tops in there? I, I think that that would be a good transition to get to get to and through. Let me let me get the uh, author's name here. Um, Matthew Lohmeyer. I don't know if you've heard of. Uh, no, I remember you told me about this book before. Um, and I forgive me on the the details. Uh, so I'll reference this breakdown of the of the book irresistible revolution is a timely and bold contribution from active duty space force lieutenant colonel who sees the impact of neo-marxist agenda at the ground level within our armed forces um so just right there it's talking about the neo-marxist uh, indoctrination of our of our youth of our military members and what kind of effects that that will have i'm assuming you've seen some just a weakening of our military readiness our readiness to fight um but i think i think it's a quick read uh, 230 pages. I think you'd, you'd eat it up. And um, I mean, you started a podcast since we talked last. I, this could be a cool guest for you to have on. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, you guys, would have, yeah. you guys would have some common ground um, and just total, total tangent just for us, since we're content creators, I've found that if you just ask people, they'll probably come on. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so you're just, pretty good at that. Yeah. <laughs> just reach out to them and, and get them on. It'll be easy. Yeah, man. I tell you, so it's, I think, again, Christians ought to be concerned because we know that our God will not be mocked. And when you persist in these activities, he will, he will judge them. But even for the, the unbeliever who's looking around and like a little concerned, um, they have every reason to be. Because like, as you hit a very important note when you mentioned mission readiness. So context, um, in the last two weeks, uh, Event number one, the Navy lowers its uh, ASVAB entry scores, basically the academic core, uh, academic assessment they give to enlisting sailors of like, are you smart enough to get in, right? 
they lower it to a score of from one to 100, they lower it to a score of 10, of 10, right? Because we, we have such a recruitment issue that we are having to lower the bar so low that basically if you can look another human being in the eyes and kind of get what they're saying and also kind of report it back, you're good to go. And and these are the sailors were or the airmen and soldiers were trusting to operate the most complicated weapon systems humanity has ever seen. Mm-hmm. Additionally, the physical requirements have also been lowered, and the Navy uh, in particular is the most obese of the other service branches. We by no means have the right to change our physical requirement standards, but here we are. And how much of a joke this is is exemplified by the fact that when you look at the propaganda coming out of Russia right now in their their war with Ukraine, they are comparing the Eastern soldier. They're showing you know guys that look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Uh, and and that are that are it's a, all all men, you know, kicking down doors, you know, just the, your your commando guys, right? They're they're juxtaposing that with the Western soldier, and they're showing uh, the recruiting propaganda from Ukraine or from the U.S. about, you know, how we're pitching the young girls who have two moms, like the military is a great opportunity for you to see the world and to experience yourself and to learn yourself. Uh, forgetting the fact that like we're trying to put warheads on foreheads, right? Like we're like, that's, that's what, like yeah. the, it's night and day. It's night and day. And it's, it, we are making laughing stock of ourselves, which is all fine and dandy until the chili meets the cheese and we have to protect our country and people are, people are going to die because of what we did in the name of quote unquote self-expression or freedom. Right. It's sad. You make a good point. Um, and every piece of propaganda, if, if it's good propaganda, there's a, a a kernel of truth in it. And so my, my worry, and you just explained, you walked through this with the ASFAB scores and the fitness requirements being lowered. How true is that Russian propaganda? You know, those, yeah. guys, those guys are out for blood. They're, they're training to fight. And then, like you said, over here, we're, we're spending time with whatever nonsense we're spending time with. Um, yeah. And eventually, you know, probably going to clash at some point. Um, there's an, I don't see a way around it, but again, just two, yeah. two guys here having a conversation. Um, yeah. So it's sad that, and this speaks to more than just the military too. If, if you have people enlisting, they're just civilians at that point, And we need to, lower the standards for the military to accept them so that that means the entire american populace as a whole is overweight and our education system is not you know it's not blessing absolutely citizens um so so the the issue i would say is reflected in the military it's not the the source it's not the the end-all be-all like we need absolutely It's, it's the entire population yeah it's a representation Yep. Um, certainly. And and so you speak to a larger part. I mean, goodness, even the, last year, the National Center of Education Statistics put out that one in five Americans, so not just the military, but one in five Americans is functionally illiterate. We've had government, <laughs> public schools, free schools for over 150 years. There's no reason why that should be a true statistic. Um but alas, you know, here we are. And so you, we have to start asking better questions if we want to see better answers. Uh, but it all starts with who is going to be the authority of this society? Will it be God or the state? Because there is, if there is no God, then the state becomes God. Mm-hmm. Um, and guess what? They're God. <laughs> and, and they will not protect you. They will uh, they will not give you the, the freedom you're looking for. Um, so that those have been 
really things to observe that we, again, the, the church needs to be wary of. We need to learn how to see these things for what they are um, so that we can protect our families, our churches, and our communities. All right, brother. Well, we've got uh, we've got some problems in the military and the American population as a whole. Uh, so next, what what can we do? What does Cole Billiot think we can do? <laughs> well, I want to I want to give a couple important uh, disclaimers. One, it, I, in the grand scheme of things, I've been I've been commissioned for all of about five seconds. Right? <clears throat> I don't have I don't have this exhaustive experience like a Mattis, you know, by any means or by many of your listeners, they themselves or their fathers, um, you know, as multi-year experienced officers. But at the end of the day, um, God equips us from his word to see that which is good and that which is evil. Um, so in light of God's word, Christians need to ask, the church needs to ask, what is the proper role of the military in a society? What, what, it, what are its responsibilities? How ought it be structured? And that kind of questioning is foreign to us because like other than, well, how do I, you know, how do I fight my sin or how do I like try to be a good person? A lot of our evangelical pursuits are very, very narrow to the spiritual. But but the thing is, is uh, Christ didn't just die for our souls. He died for our bodies, which will be resurrected. He it like we're not just going to be in heaven floating around as, you know, little little floaty spirits with harps. Uh, heaven is coming back to earth. And this recreation, this re-Edenization um, of reality, that we will walk with God. We will walk, physically walk with God. And so the reason why that understanding is so critical is then we see, oh, everything in existence is submitted to Christ. He said all things uh, in heaven and on earth belong unto him. So even the military, even you know what, what we're buying to eat, what we're buying to drink, all things are are dictated to us from the word of God, how we ought to consider them. So Christians need to ask, what is the role of the military? What you'll come to find in light of God's word is that the military is strictly, strictly for defense. Pardon the few exceptions that God mobilized his armies, so to speak, uh, with we see that the taking of the promised land, for example, the Lord commanded kings that they were actually not supposed to multiply wives. That makes sense. Not good, right? They were not not supposed to multiply uh, silver and gold, which is to say they're not supposed to take advantage of the peoples and excessive taxation. And they were not supposed to multiply chariots. That is to have this absorbent, this excessive military that would be tempting to use as an imperial means. And you don't have to study history for all that long to know that we as Americans in particular Every time that we have engaged in either strict imperialism or a pseudo form of it, it's actually come back to bite us in the butt, uh, if not tangibly, um, intangibly. Um, so, so there's just sometimes we're just straight up didn't work. Vietnam is uh, Vietnam and the global war on terror. Fantastic examples of so much, so many dollars and lives spent over essentially nothing, right? Or intangibly, and, and that has an intangible effect as well because it, it it just takes the soul and spirit out of a nation and its populace, right? Um, but then other examples, and we can go on and on and on, um, but these are some of the considerations the church needs to start raising when we ask what is the role of the military. I like it. I can ever express what I'm thinking that well. So God, God's <laughs> blessed you with the gift of articulation. 
no, I don't know about all that, but, but going from there, because that's so, so we have to start asking the right questions, but then I'm, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy where I just want to, you know, sit in a smoke filled room and ponder the deep things of life without actually putting boots to the ground and get yeah. moving. Yeah. Uh, this will require the, the family, the initial and primary unit of society to start teaching your sons, your job. One of the, oh, this is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I was at a church gathering, um, several months ago and, uh, our churches in the CREC are just filled with kids. So they're just little ones running around all the time. And uh, one of the parents there, one of their little boys was running around with like a foam sword and oh, he was playing with the other boys and he gestured as if he was going to hit uh, his mother. And she scolded him, but in a way that speaks volumes to how we need to be thinking. She looked at him and, and, and she said, we protect women. We do not, we do not, we do not attack women. We protect, like she's telling her five-year-old this. And I was like, wow, like you need to raise your sons with the understanding. Uh, you need to posture your sons to one day be fathers and fathers provide and protect, right? That is, that is, those are the responsibilities given to the office of a man, but specifically a husband and father, right? Um, so we need to start there and start raising our children and, and that fear and admonition of the Lord in that way that men are going to protect us, right? And, and that is their God-given call. But then how we see that on a local level, on a church level, uh, how we reform that and give that responsibility back to local communities with and expecting it to, right? Uh, I think over time, we then will be in a position to demand upon our federal government of like, hey, no, we have a certain expectation about what is to be happening in our military. What is the, what are the roles and responsibilities going to be instead of, unfortunately, this political testing ground that it's become or it's the political arm that has reached out to the corners of the earth and wreaked havoc in the name of, quote unquote, democracy, as Wolf had pointed out. Um, but until then, what we certainly cannot do, because uh, I want to quote Teddy Roosevelt here, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The, the next best thing is the wrong thing. The worst thing you can do is nothing. Mm -hmm. If the church is going to allow not just the military, but a plethora of governmental institutions to proceed in the way that they are going, we will reap the consequences more specifically. And the Bible is very strict on that. When the righteous allow for the wicked to take advantage of them, God's judgment is such that they will be punished by those wicked rulers and authorities. <sighs> Sorry, I'm holding back some coughs and, and some sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I hope I didn't lose you there. No, 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 that was all good. I uh, <clears throat> just trying to gather my thoughts. I think, I think you're right. The first body politic is the family, and um, you know we can talk about that all day, probably just where yeah. that comes from, the idea, how it impacts society. But you kind of you you breeze through it right there. The family starts as the first amount of change that we need, and then slowly but surely, the entire population is transformed and then the military that we're talking about here today is better reflective of what the people the populace actually wants and seeks um and it was funny that you mentioned imperialization um because i think i again i'll say 50 years ago just you know you can think of classic america i guess or whatever you know the yeah. 80s the 80s let's say um back then i feel like you could say if we were an empire, the American empire, and we were colonizing other places around the earth, we were probably doing the right thing. You know, it was a, a closer to a Christian nation back in the day. Um, we had great ideas. We were 
not focused on the self and worshiping the self like we are now. And yet here today, you and I are talking, and I think it was a couple of years ago, the president of France, Macron said, stop, you know, exporting all this woke culture. Um, and that's yeah. what, what we use the military for now is just these horrible yeah. ideas in the name of democracy get exported around the world. And, um, and yeah, that's a lot of blood and money that goes to nothing. Yeah. And it's, uh, you're exactly right. And it's one of those things that, again, the, the, the average taxpayer, um, the average churchgoer, we, we just have such a high view of the military as a historical institution that we would never question. Uh, like a lot of what's probably been shared today, people are going to raise eyebrows and like, whoa. But at the same time, if you've been following these things, one of the things I forgot to mention earlier that have happened in the last two weeks is also uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff uh, General Martin Milley and the Secretary of Defense, uh, they were both in a congressional committee hearing um, having to confess, they were both unwilling at first, but having to confess the reality that like drag shows have been happening on uh, military installations, right? Oh, really? Yeah, so so this is, but this is where we're at because at the end of the day, even Christians, again, we need to be very, very concerned because God's not gonna let that fly. But also, even if you're an unbeliever and you know something's wrong, what that tells you is again, defense, and mission readiness are not really our priorities. Yep. Our priorities are how do we how do we catechize and disciple our fighting force to take that same theology, that perverse theology, overseas? Um, because because that's really what it is. At the end of the day, the question is not whether or not we will live in a theocracy. Everyone is always worshiping something. We are either worshiping the self or another a, a number of isms or the triune God. Our nation worships anything else other than the triune God. Therefore, we are theocratically uh, submissive in whatever way the state tells us to be. And you experience that on the day-to-day -day as a service member because you don't have a choice. You get in line, you get your paycheck, you do you do your daily checks and then you go home, right? So so that's that's the reality of the situation. And so we need to ask, is it going to be Christ or chaos? Yep. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I, I see people claim to be an atheist after they read like um, Sam Harris or, or something like that, you know, the new atheist. And they say, I don't believe in anything. I'm an atheist. Well, I could show you based on your day that you believe in something. You know, are you yeah. are you going to the gym? Are you posting on social media like a bikini picture? You you probably believe in yourself. You, you know, you value self or, uh, you know, you've got the blue hair and, and you're going by a binary sort of pseudonym <laughs> or something yeah. like that. So you, yeah. you believe in something. Everybody worships something. It just it needs to be focused on the right right place and the triune God, as you put it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, man is not homo sapien, which, you know, man that knows. He is homo adorian. He is man that worships. Because mm -hmm. that which consumes your thoughts and ambitions, the trajectory of your life, what you think it will all amount to or not, is still a choice that dictates your decisions and your interests. Um, and in the day-to-day, -day, not only is that a reality, but we're also ritualistic. Like Christians are mocked like for, hey, no, 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 I don't want to do this X, Y, or Z because tomorrow's the Lord's day, right? Like I, I've, I've gotten plenty of jokes for that, but I'm like, no, you know, I want to go experience the liturgy of the Lord. You're experiencing a liturgy on Friday night when you go out, when yeah. you're doing that week to week, that's your night of rest, right? That's That's your Sabbath. It's yeah. again, we have to Christians need to start seeing the world biblically in this way and understanding that you're not fighting a faceless enemy. It, it's not just, oh, like, uh, you know, there's us Christians and it just seems like no one else is getting along. Like, no, 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 this is we're fighting, as Paul says, we're wrestling against 
powers and principalities, not flesh and blood, but powers and principalities of that which are intentionally antagonized to Christ. It's not just ambiguous or neutral or random, like everyone is postured to worship and who is it they're going to worship? Yeah. I remember a couple of years ago, Mark Milley, he was in some congressional hearing and he goes, I want to understand more about white rage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that was the first, first indicator yeah. that I had that something had changed since my yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was during like the COVID era. Um, a second ago you were discussing, well, like we had already talked about to, um, kind of the mission readiness. So we're, yeah. we're uneducated, we're fat. Then we talked about where do we go from here? We talked about the family unit, local communities, um, local communities, again, restoring them and, and, and telling your sons that we need to read the room that there, there might come a time where as a Christian joining the military will not be an ethical choice. Um, and, and if, and when that day comes, if it's not already here, you still need to tell your sons you are for this community's protection. Right. And, uh, I know earlier we quoted, um, Stephen Wolf's Christian nationalism. I wanted to quote this one again. I read it to you earlier about yeah. like why men need men in the church need to lift together, right? So he says this, this is really profound and I think just based. It says this, he says, Christian nationalism should have a strong and austere aesthetic. I was dismayed when I saw the attendees of a recent Presbyterian churches in America general assembly, men in wrinkled short sleeve golf shirts sitting plump in their seats. We have to do better. Pursue your potential, lift weights, eat right and lose the dad bod. We don't all have to become bodybuilders, but we ought to be men of power and endurance. We cannot achieve our goals with such a flabby aesthetic under the control of modern nutrition. Sneering at this aesthetic vision, which I fully expect to happen, is pure coke. Grace does not destroy T levels. Grace does not perfect testosterone into estrogen. If our opponents want to be fat, have low testosterone and chug vegetable oil, let them, it won't be us. When I read that, I wanted to run through a wall. I was like, yeah. I need to lift right yeah. now. I'm not good enough. We got to do it. We got to do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, because I, I was in my car and I was like, oh, this is, this isn't it. I need to be in the gym right now because, but it, there's so much truth to that. And, and, but bringing this back into the military discussion, I remember I was a runner in high school. I was a cross country and track guy. That's all I did which has its benefits, but on the, on the upper body strength, on other portions of fitness, I was very worried. I'm going to go to yeah. this military school. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to cut it. Right. Cause I had such a high view as many church folks do as many conservatives do had a high view of what is the military expectation. Yeah. And I'll never forget his day one boot camp, Right. And, uh, the guy to my right and the guy next to me can't do five pushups. And then I look to my left and the girl next to me can't do three. And I'm thinking, this is the premier, like no kidding. In the four years that I was at that institution, three of the four years, we were the number one rated public university, at which would put us above the other service academies as well. And I'm like, wow. Um, yeah, people have no idea like what this, and even now, even now in the day to day, I know that like I need to be in better shape or I have this expectation that I need to be uh, for my family, but also again, for my occupation. And yet, if you look at my community, um, it's not really like in the, in the, in the Navy, it's just not really uh, a priority. Right. And a majority of my day as a quote unquote warfighter is this, I'm sitting at a desk behind a computer screen for hours on end, or if I'm not sitting there, I'm sitting in a meeting. Yeah. So it's, 
it's crazy. It's something that the church again needs to consider with, with regard to how, how are we going to see, because we don't want to be just, you know, just cynical and pessimistic. We want to see the military glorified. Just, we want to see all things glorified under the name of Christ. One of those things is going to be as simple as again, like raising your families to be healthy, your sons to be especially fit if they're going to protect their communities, but also again, expecting that of the military and having a hard line like set in the ground for it. Um, because one of those things as I've seen time and time again, just blown off and we make so many exceptions to keep people in that if they were in a firefight, they're the largest and slowest target. Like, and that's just, that just is what it is. I don't mean to be rude, but it is what it is. And, and again, like, that's just not what defense looks like. So all in all, I know we've we've discussed so many different issues, uh, and, and as as you said, we can't we can't fix this problem <laughs> in in a day. Uh, but the biggest thing that we're talking about practical, you know, what are practical steps to see yeah. something like the military redeemed? Aside from again something pract- as practical as fitness or raising your sons to be warriors for their communities, the big one. This is the biggest one. It's the easiest one, but it's the one we are most afraid of. And it's repentance. Mm. We'd so desperately need to repent, particularly within the spheres of uh, military involvement, participation, this, that, and the other, for not just all the things which have happened in the last three to four years, culturally, socially, with wokeism, or you name it, but also to like it again, you don't have to be, you can be an armchair historian and, and just have a cursory reading for five or 10 minutes to see that no, we've actually done some pretty horrible things before. <laughs> in the name of freedom, in the name of democracy, um, whether or not we, or as uh, was identified by Wolf, you know, good, well-intended Southern boys were were seeking to fight the cause of freedom. I get that. I totally get that. Um, but I, I tell you this, like I felt duped, like coming in and seeing what I'm seeing now, I felt duped. Like I got, got, and this is not what I signed up, what I thought I was signing up for. Right. Um, and these are things that unless we yield this institution to Christ, uh, it will it will perish, right? So Psalm two, kiss the son, uh, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, right? The, the that goes for everything. <laughs> yeah. Again, not just not just the churches that were upset because they're taking too many offerings, right? Like, but until we repent, right, we will see what happens when left in our own devices. We take up such a noble cause as defense, such a noble cause as justice such a noble cause as the the true protection of our way of life, we will see that perverted if left to man's writhy hands, you know? Yeah. And I think that might be a good place to kind of wrap it up, Cole. I I, I talk uh, sometimes on episodes, sometimes on Instagram, you know, I'll make a post and at the end I'll say, get in in the word, get in scripture, train your body body physically and strengthen your relationships with those around you. Um, mm. So maybe as, as we talk about changing, you know, the American population or fixing the military, um, you mentioned some steps that we can do that. But for you personally, uh, what are you going to read in the word? Uh, how are you going to train your body physically? And uh, what are you going to do um, to strengthen your relationship with your wife this week? Yeah, man, that's big. I love that. I love the because again, I think we so easily diminish how profound those things are um, in reordering humanity that we're just like, well, of course I'm going to do those things. And then we never actually get around to doing them. Right. Um, so it's kind of funny. We're having this discussion. I, uh, I just finished Joshua. I'm in the judges now, which 
if if anyone's listening has never like read from start to finish the book of judges it's like the wild west of scripture it's insane it's actually all the crazy stories of you know fat kings getting slaughtered by you know secret saints and uh you know uh you have women driving tent pegs through the heads of tyrant kings like it's a it's a crazy book you got to read it start to finish and so there's a lot well, there's, of there's that story that you just referenced that's basically an assassin's creed game absolutely like i mean it's, and... it, yeah it's yep. a genuinely it's a genuinely entertaining book to yep. read but the the most repeated principle in there because i mean there's a lot of quote-unquote like military application there but again like to my last point the most repeated phrase throughout the entire book it's almost repeated every chapter is and they turned from the way of the Lord and sinned against him. And then you see this horrible thing happen, right? So the, the story cycle is they believe in the name of the Lord. He blesses them. They get spoiled. They get trampled on by tyrants. They repent. And then the cycle continues. Yep. How much we need to learn from that today. Uh, that's with, that's with, one I'd rather hear that than uh, hard times create strong men. You know, you know that phrase. I'd rather hear yeah. what you just went through instead. I feel like that would be more impactful and, and more important for today. Yeah, because I mean, even men like our temptation since Adam has been to abdicate responsibility. And even when we're going to take it, we find some way to still like not make it entirely our fault. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I'll just I'll just do better. It's like, OK, but before you do better, acknowledge what you did wrong. Yeah. Right. Um, but. And then when you're saying uh, physically, uh, it's funny. I actually, so moving into a new house, yeah. I realized like I have space where I should, I should get some like home gym equipment, right? Nice. So that's the plan. And it, and it's funny. So my dad, my dad was a uh, federal agent for 30 years, has always been in insane shape to my, like my, you know, conviction of like, I, my, you know, my dad at almost 60 now, if he's still kicking it, I gotta, I gotta pick it up. Right. So he yeah. actually sent me some workouts recently cool. and I'm like, man, these are, these are pretty, these are pretty rowdy. So that's going to be beating me up this week. You um, should share those. If, yeah. If you can. Yeah, of course. I mean, these are from the nineties too. It's like an old packet. It's funny to see how things have changed in fitness. Right. But uh, yeah, I'll send it to you. It's pretty neat. Sweet. Yeah. It's like a, there's like a study called uh legendary abs. And I was like, dad, what is this? He was like, this is the secret. I was like, okay. All right. <laughs> so, and then lastly, relationships with my, my, my wife, Hey, this is, this is a big week. My wife is coming back from deployment. So I can't, I mean, I, I can't tell you how excited I am, <laughs> how grateful I am. And uh, man, it's going to be so good to have her back. And I, this period of time, which she's been deployed has really dawned on me, like how intentional being a husband ought to be in, in every little thing. Uh, it's something that, again, that we we take for granted because I think women are inherently more relational. But this has been like eye-opening for me. It's like, no, like I, there is so much more about my wife that I appreciated that like I didn't fully know until she's been gone for this amount of time. Sure. Um, so to try to love her as scripture commands in Ephesians 5, love her in such a way that she knows that all of those are appreciated. That's going to be, my goal for the next well obviously you know till we die right till death would do us part but, but definitely this week too. yeah especially these next couple of weeks yeah, yeah absolutely one of the uh, best pieces of marriage advice that i think i've heard was from andrew clavin at the daily wire um yeah. take it or leave it on the daily wire bit but he said uh, <laughs> the most important thing in marriage is learning to appreciate the invisible things that your spouse does for you so I don't, I don't know how your, your life is structured, but like, I'll, I'll wake up and do breakfast with the kids. I'll, I'll do the dishwasher. And so sometimes when I'm feeling a little less grateful than I should, it's like, okay, I, I, I did all these things in the morning 
you know, uh, and then I get a little ego, you know, a little proud of myself, but throughout the day, how many things is my wife doing that's, that's simple, like the dishwasher that I'm not appreciative of and, and expressing appreciation for. So I found that to be, um, pretty, pretty good advice. Um, more a higher caliber of advice for marriage than than others will give you yeah man that's huge i really like that i'm gonna have to again think about that a little bit more and uh try to think about what i'm gonna do yeah, about it chew on it yeah i love it well thanks for coming on cole i think um i think we landed the plane successfully <laughs> hopefully hopefully guys and gals that are listening get something out of this and maybe um their eyes are opened to the experience of the modern warfighter today <laughs> what their taxpayer dollars are doing exactly i appreciate it again brother and uh lord willing anything that was said today will will help the church and help believers what they're going through and uh yeah like hopefully it doesn't remain the way it is yeah well every day um we talked about the family being the smallest body politic that needs to influence change so um however Whoever's out there listening, however you can make a positive change, um, your own personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. That's another quote from a, a great man that I've heard recently. So with that, Cole, thanks for being here, brother. We'll uh, we'll talk soon and definitely part three is in the works. Thank you, brother. And with that, Cole from Christus Rex on Instagram has left the building, as they say. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Uh, just a little insight into what's going on in the military today. Um, there's some things that i had no idea what was going on, especially the Satanist club at uh, the Naval Academy. But uh, as we ended the episode, the three questions that I asked Cole are the same that I'll ask you here today as you're listening. What are you reading in scripture? Uh, what are you doing to train your body this week physically? And how are you strengthening your relationships with those around you? So let me know, DM me or, or tag me in something on, on Instagram. Um, that's kind of the three big questions of the week. How can we make a change? Because uh, as Cole and I talked about, starting small uh, with the American citizenry, we might be able to save and change the military as a whole. So that's it for the episode today. Thank you for everyone who listened. I know this was a longer one. The guest episodes have been great lately. Um, yeah, and again, like I said at the beginning, I'm very grateful for this opportunity to have a podcast, to speak with people like Cole, people that are helping me uh, in ways of faith, learning so much about theology, strengthening my relationship with God uh, on this walk that I've that I've begun, and and fitness. We did that 75 hard uh, experience. Cole was doing that with me. Uh, we didn't really talk about that today, but he was uh, a buddy that I could text. So if you're out there, get an accountability buddy. It sounds lame uh, for those of us that were in the military, but get an accountability buddy. It'll help you uh, more than you know. Uh, yeah. With that, I bid you adieu. I hope you're doing well. Get after those three things today and let me know uh, what you're doing. Just Text me, message me, however it is, but we're furthering the kingdom of Christ one way or another. With that, I love you. God loves you. He's blessed us all. And don't forget that you are saved through Christ.